Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. Welcome to the new year, 2004, 24. <laughs> I'm, I'm old, I don't remember. <laughs> How many of you remember Paul Simon's song, the 59th Street Bridge song? Can you, can you sing it? Slow down, you move too fast. You gotta make the morning last just Tripping down the cobblestones Looking for fun and I'm feeling groovy And you know that that is a really old song because they used the word groovy it was 1966 and I was 16 years old. I mean, it was a hit. He was feeling good and feeling groovy and he was looking for fun. And so that is what we're going to talk about today and that is fun. A little later, Cindy Lauper uh, made a hit with Girls Just Want to Have Fun, right? Uh -huh. And then uh, in 2014, Farrell Williams wrote Happy, Because I'm Happy. And then in 2023, that was just last year, uh, Megan Taylor wrote I'm Better When I'm Dancing. I like her attitude. It sounds like we have a need for some fun, so much so that we wrote songs about it. And I agree that this adult thing is way overrated, believe me. Now, I was in line at the dollar store the other day, and there was this very, I'm tall, right? I'm about 5'10". She was well over me, and she looked down, and I looked at her, and I said, How's 2024 treating you so far? And she and she looked so dead faced. Was like, it's life is hard, but at least I don't live in a third world country. And I thought, okay, let's change the subject. <laughs> don't know where this is going. So I asked her what she liked to do to have fun, making small talk. She wanted to travel someday. And so I encouraged her to pack her bags and do it, make it happen. She lit up and she smiled while she talked about all the places that she wanted to go and see. And when she left, she looked back at me and she says, thank you, I really enjoyed our talk. <laughs> I tell you, you gotta get people to Talk about those things that really excite you, that make them light up and just glow with this enjoyment and happiness and cheerfulness. It's good for them. It's good for you. But because, you know, as we grow up, we become very cynical. Oh, my goodness. We become numb to the amazement that, that God has delivered to us here on earth and with our friends and family. We forget to balance our life with just fun. But God doesn't want us to remain a child. And some of us do. Some, some adults remain a child and, and uh, 
even after we've reached adulthood, but he doesn't ever want us to lose our child-likeness. Child-likeness. That is a part of your heart, that inner child. He doesn't want you to lose contact with that. A likeness is a similarity. It's a form, a shape of, of something or someone. Jesus incarnate was fully man and he was fully God. He was the likeness of his father. Likeness hints at the abilities and the conditions, the personality and the spiritual attributes and moral character of God that he put into his son and his son, Jesus, owned. Now, God's design is to cause us to become the likeness of his son. And even though he was king of kings, and with all the divine power in the world, Jesus came to us as a meek and mild, he was gentle and lowly of heart. We are progressively being made into the likeness of Jesus. And Jesus had a special love for children. I'm going to read um, Matthew 19, 13, 15. Okay. Then the people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked him. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. And so as you can see from that, Jesus loves children. And it's delightful to know that he calls us his children. Here's another hit song. Jesus loves the little children. All the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. You know, many places in Scripture, Jesus addresses believers as his children. John 13, 33, he calls them my dear children. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. First John 2, 1, he writes, my little children. In Ephesians 5, 8, Scripture tells us to live as children of the light. 1 John 3, 1-3 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. So God made man in his image, and therefore he knows what we need. He knows what we're designed for. He has a plan for us. And he knows that we need funds so that we can maintain that healthy, balanced life. And when Jesus came to earth, he came as the baby. The divine had to learn how to trust. And he, he had to learn how to rely on his parents. He had siblings. He played like, like any ordinary child with his friends. And you know how siblings are, right? When you're bored, they're the best playmates ever. You just want to play with them, right? <laughs> but when you're tired of them, they can be your worst enemy. But he played with his friends just like we did as children. 
and he grew up to adulthood, and he knows what we go through because he experienced every part of it. Now, like I said, some of us never grow up, as even though we've hit adulthood, we just refuse to grow up. And it manifests at, in emotional immaturity, selfishness, we still throw tantrums, and we're irresponsible. These qualities are really hard on your close relationships. <laughs> However, being childlike means that you possess a childlike wonder, a curiosity, the quality of innocence. You trust, a delight, and you have this optimism or hope. You have the ability to abandon yourself to the moment and engage in it. To a child, worshipful wonder is natural. It's this awe of just being. Children possess a delightful curiosity that causes them to run toward that which causes or astonishes them. They celebrate by playing, twirling and dancing. They laugh a lot and see the humor in the tiniest, littlest things. They're adventurous and creative, spontaneous, and have contagious optimism and hope. And children are inclusive, and the more people that surround them playing, that's more fun. Children love to play and have fun. So do I, but I don't gravitate to it. Children gravitate to it. Just hearing or watching a child excited about life causes us to enter into their world. Even if it's brief, we adults, we brighten up when we see a child play, we laugh along with them, and hopefully we walk away with a new perspective on things. And you know what? It's amazing what you see when you get down to their level. As a matter of fact, it's really hard not to laugh at yourself when you hear a child laughing. You know that belly laugh? Yeah. Oh, that babies that we try to get our babies to do. That's the first thing, you know, mamas and daddies try to do is get their babies to giggle and laugh. I mean, it's a sign of health. And so uh, I remember when my babies were, well, there's seven years between my son and my, and my daughter, but we would try to get my little daughter, uh, Melody, to laugh and giggle, you know. She had the cutest little belly laugh, but Roy and I couldn't do it, but my son could do it. And we would sit there and enjoy that moment along with Blake. And he didn't do anything. He just kind of looked at her, you know, and, and she just loved him so much that the belly laugh came out naturally. Um, you want to cue that? Thank you. You know, it's hard not to join in laughing when you hear others laughing, I want you to watch this video and see what I mean.
<laughs> Didn't that feel good? <laughs> Fun is good for you. Fun has, and I heard you laughing. Fun has some really potent side effects. And we should all, all suffer from those side effects. It releases feel-good hormones into the bloodstream. It relieves stress. It improves relationships. It improves memory. Give me more. <laughs> Boosts energy, improved mental health, better social skills, better sleep. I need that too. Greater resilience. When the bad times hit, this having fun really helps you get through that. Puts you in a proper perspective. So I wish they had a pill for all those things that we could just take and be done with it. And I'm just kidding, because I love having fun. Fun is a feeling, not an activity. But the activity, engaging in the activity, causes you to have fun. Fun is the feeling you get when you're doing something pleasurable and you are drawn to. Fun is the secret to feeling alive. And someone who is having fun seems illuminated from within. Remember I told you that lady that I met? I didn't know her. She lit up when she was talking about something that she really enjoyed, that she really was looking to the future for. <clears throat> fun time is the place where most of our favorite memories occur. When we retell our happy times, it's like it's happening all over again. The same effects happen in our mind, in our body, in our spirit when we retell those happy memories. <clears throat> we light up. Many of my favorite memories came from my children. <clears throat> now, my childhood was pretty bleak of joy and fun or play. I was the last. I was the oops. My brother and my sister were both eight years and more older than me. So I had one doll, one. We were very poor also. I wanted to bring her to you because she's lasted all these years. This is Rebecca. Whoop. See, her arm is, I've played with her so much that her arm is coming out. And she actually, sometimes her eye gets stuck and she's like, she's winking at you. <laughs> <laughs> but I got her when I was eight years old. So that would have been 1958. So how old is Rebecca? I'm 73. 65. 65. Yeah, 65. She's old, huh? But you know what? She lasted. And she's still fun to look at. And she's, she, had, she holds a lot of my memories and good memories with Rebecca. She went through everything with me that I went through. She was my best friend. When I had my children, I learned how to play. And I learned how to have fun on their level. It was like a whole new world opened up to me. And it was like a dam being broken open. And it was never going to go back again. And so I was healed. The Lord used my children to heal my heart that was pretty stagnant. And I learned how to play really well. And let me tell you, there was no going back. When my son was small, I had so much fun playing with him, 
I learned how to play GI Joes. I learned how to make these really awesome truck sounds. And I learned how to fly the Millennium Falcon to galaxies far, far away. My imagination just soared along with my sons. But one of my very favorite memories, and his too, was when um, he became the comic book character Ultraman, the defender of all. And when Ultraman's resources dwindled, his power dwindled, he would fly up to the sun and get recharged. <clears throat> and then he would come back and fight. I was the alien monster that came to fight him. So Ultraman always won. And of course, I, the alien monster, always lost. <laughs> Afterwards, we would laugh and roll around on the ground. And he's 45 years old today. And you know, he always reminds me, Mom, you made my childhood so much fun. This is one of his favorite memories too. So if you have emotional maturity and childlikeness in the same package, then you are in the zone and you can communicate on all different levels, high, low, and everything in between. So God loves and celebrates all that he has made. And Zephaniah 3.17 tells us, the Lord your God is among you. He's mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Let me tell you, God knows how to have fun. He knows how to really enjoy himself. And sometimes it's over us. That's how he sees us. The Hebrew word for rejoice is suz, S-U-W-S, suz. And it sounds like that word soothe to me, um, like what a, a mama does to her baby. Uh, when the baby's crying and she wants to get it back to where it's laughing again, it's happy again, it's smiling again. That's what I think of when I hear that word soothe or rejoice. <clears throat> it means to be glad, to be bright, to make mirth. There's a word. To be joyful and rejoice. Now, I did not know what mirth was. I mean, we don't use that word, do we? But um, I found it here, and it says it's glee and hilarity. It's merriment. It's spontaneous amusement and boisterous laughter. So now we're going to have mirth from now on. And Jesus put a great importance upon being childlike even after we are adults. And maybe you were told as a, as a youngster, quit acting like a baby. Or why don't you just grow up and be right? Um, we were children, <laughs> right? But we were pushed forward to, to growing up faster, to act like a thumbless and serious, nose-to-the-grindstone, prideful adult. And as usual, Jesus has a different way. In Matthew 18, 1 through 6, it says, At the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest 
in the kingdom of God. They were arguing about each other, between each other, about which one of them was going to be, be the greatest in the kingdom of his disciples. So he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whosoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And if anyone causes these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. I like that part where it says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, his little ones, remember he calls us his dear children, dear little ones. So he's not just talking about children entering the kingdom, he's talking about his children, us believers, entering into the kingdom of God, remaining that childlike, innocent, uh, abandoned quality of children that is so wonder, full of wonder and amazement. That's what he's talking about. That we, too, can learn to rely on him. That we can trust him and that we can obey him. So a takeaway from that is the disciples were arguing amongst themselves. They were jockeying for position and they were saying, I want to be the biggest. I want to be the best. I want to be the greatest, right? I want to sit on the throne next to you, Jesus. He saw, they saw themselves as really important. Today we really haven't changed much. Man is pretty much driven by power and profit. And um, what is true then is, is true today. We've just gotten into a new year. In that culture, children were not held in very high esteem. Yet Jesus calls a child forth to set a visual example so they could see with their eyes and hopefully understand that things are done differently in the kingdom. And Jesus prefaced what he was saying with, I tell you the truth, or this version, truly, I tell you. Because Jesus is the truth, and every word he says is truth. It is who he is. He is saying, listen up. I want you to do this. So Jesus is also putting out a call for repentance by using terms like change and become. So unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Apparently, there is a character flaw that he's addressing amongst his followers. And sometimes, as adults, we need a little kick in the fanny to get us back into the playground of life. We need to be more like children at heart. Children are not afraid to ask for help or for comfort. They gravitate towards love and kindness. They don't think too highly of themselves. These are the characteristics that we need to develop. Humility or lowness is a premium in the kingdom of God. 
It's a childlike quality that we can nurture and cultivate in ourselves. Colossians 3.10 says that we are to put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of the Creator. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. So we're going to read Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a, Christ, on a cross. And therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge or confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isn't it true that God exalts the humble and humbles the exalted? If you feel like you're becoming a little bit too serious about life and need help with that, ask Jesus. He delivers. He says in Proverbs 15, 15, 15, all the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart, the cheerful heart has a continual feast. So looking at Jesus' life, it is evident that he loved to have fun too. He celebrated all the Jewish feasts, lots of them. He went to wedding parties, wedding festivities. He was invited to dinner parties. He was a popular guy. People wanted him around. And he enjoyed astonishing his followers with his miracles. There was balance to the life Jesus lived. There was much hardship and suffering countered with much joy and friendships and hope for the glory set before him. Hebrews 12, 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's do it his way the author and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. I can't even imagine that someone could look at a cross and look at it as with joy, as like, take me to the cross. And that pretty much was his his attitude. Once he, he got to that point where in the garden where he said, not my will, but your will, then he could surrender. And he had the joy for us. He knew what glory was standing before him. And he's so excited about the fact that we have that same glory right in front of us that we can look forward to. What do you think it's going to be like in heaven? One big sad, uh, gee, thanks, Jesus. No, we are going to be celebrating. Learn how to do it down here so you can really do it good up there. Putting some fun back in your life will offset the difficulties of life. Look for fun. Look for people who are fun. Hang out with people who are fun. Look to God who created life and our ability to enjoy it. Childlike people are a delightful group to be around. They display balanced, healthy attitudes when it comes to enjoying life. And here's just a few of their qualities. They are spontaneous. They carry the motto, I'm ready, are you ready? <laughs> they find joy in just being alive. They realize that life is a gift from God and they receive it like a beautiful wrap package. They open it up and they use it and play with it and enjoy it. They're not afraid to try new things. They're not afraid of failure because they know that that is one step closer to success. They appreciate the small things in life, pretty flowers, a bird flying, the smell of a puppy. They have a fun mindset. In other words, their class is always half full, never half empty. And they have developed a friendly intentions personality. Their goal is to be a blessing wherever they go, and they play well with others. So I'm going to read finally, 1 John 3, 1, 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And all who have this hope, do you have that hope? I hope you do. In him, all who have this hope in him, in Jesus, purify themselves just as he is pure. I would encourage you and myself to get out there and have as much fun as you possibly can. So right now I want to give you a chance to share a time that you remember or a memory that you have stored up in you where you experienced mirth. Remember? Boisterous laughter, 
amazement, merriment, joy, enjoying the company of others, pure gladness. Anybody have a memory? I shared one of mine. I'm an alien monster. <laughs> I remember, I don't know what was going on. Randy was driving the car, and he said something, and I busted up laughing so hard that I was literally bent over in our, the seat inside the car while he's driving, and he's telling me, breathe, breathe. <laughs> and I wasn't breathing because I was laughing so hard. But I don't know what it was he said, but I just could not, I couldn't breathe because it was consistently busting up in laughter. Have you ever laughed so hard you cried? Yeah. It's like, what? Where did those tears come from? Why? I don't understand. This one started, I had converted from Episcopal to Assemblies of God to Foursquare. And so there's a group of us young adult teenagers were in a youth meeting, and the other two or three started at first. There's about 12 of us in the room. <laughs> and the others were watching TV and visiting, and two of them over here, or three of them, started just pointing at each other and false, uh, fake laughing and giggling. Fake laughing. <laughs> and okay, what are you up to? And we, then there's four of us involved, including me. And we're doing this fake giggle, laughing, he said, pointing each other. And after about two minutes, it was uncontrollable. You could not stop. The other kids are looking at us like we're nuts. We can't catch our breath because we're laughing so hard we can't even breathe. And I, mean, I went home that night, my gut hurt. I hear you. The, on and Christmas. it was just a, a crazy, yeah. let's try something, isn't it? <clears throat> oh, but I think that's wonderful. Yeah, you can make fun happen. As a matter of we fact, on Christmas, on Christmas Day, uh, after dinner for the family, we sat down and had a card game, and I laughed so hard, I had to stop because my head hurt. You know, uh -huh. it's like you, you either laugh till you cry, or you laugh till you can't breathe, or you laugh until your head hurts. <laughs> anyway, anyone else? Come on, bring those memories up. I can't think of a specific memory, but I'll, I know the action because I was just talking about it. Is that a lot of times I'll just laugh at myself, but if I'm really like unrestrained, then the snort comes out. <laughs> and that makes me laugh even more because exactly. I hear the snort, the snort, and it's just hilarious. Guilty. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, getting uh -huh. a snort out of a kid is really precious. Yeah. And when you're an adult, it's even better. Uh, when I was a kid, there wasn't a lot of laughter in my house either, but um, I always hosted a young adult groups at my house when my kids were growing up. And one New Year's Eve, we were playing apples to apples, and we were just in stitches, just in stitches over the things we were putting out there for our cards and things. And so I actually institute it now, sometimes with kids who have trouble seeing themselves positively. I have them work with another kid to find positive cards in the deck that remind them uh, of them. And they're shocked how other people portray them. But I, I'll never forget, we just laughed till we cried that night. Oh my gosh, the tear, the pictures recently came up again. It's been many years now, but oh my gosh, it was hilarious. A simple kid's game. Yeah. I mean, it can really bring the childlikeness out in you. I don't know how it does it, but it really in pulls it out of you. We'd have a game night, and, and the parents would be like, 
why are we paying therapy prices for this? Like, I don't understand what we're doing. And I have eight kids and their families in a room. And at the end of the, I'm like, how did, how did it feel to do that? And fun always came up, and yeah. happy, and relaxed, and joyful, and just all these things would come up, and the parents had forgotten how to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you do something like that, you're really building, you know, positive memories and healthy memories, and it, they can take the edge off the harshness of the world. I, let me tell you, it really is boundless. Anybody else? It's why I don't get sick of my career. I'm sorry? It's why I don't get sick of my career. I work with kids every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they show me their buds. They swing in the swing to call themselves. <laughs> All these healthy things. Well, now you're having way too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? <coughs> All right. Well, my prayer for you is that and it's just a Bible verse. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, have mirth, and be glad in it. So go out there and have some fun. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.